welcome to CID Speaker Series Podcast. This week, Mohamed Kamar, CID Student Ambassador, will be interviewing Nika Gulari, former Prime Minister of Georgia. The Prime Minister just gave a talk at CID on his book, Practical Economics, in which he describes Georgia's political and economical transformation from 2004 to 2012. Hello everyone, and thank you Mr. Galauri for coming here today. Um, I'll start off by asking what was the inspiration for you to write this book? Was it um, your, a combination of your experiences in public office as Prime Minister, Finance Minister, and Energy Minister? And please tell us. First of all, thank you very much for having me here. Uh, about the book, the book is called Practical Economics. Um, it's, it describes uh, Georgia reforms, but also it has uh, kind of more of a more global uh, and more um, global objective of finding what may be the right reforms agenda for different development con- developing countries to achieve higher growth. The inspiration for the book was actually twofold. Uh, one was in the beginning, I just wanted to. Uh, document all the reforms that we undertook in Georgia in in the period of 2004-2012 just to have all these reforms uh, and their success stories and their mistakes as well Mm -hmm. uh, described in in a book. But uh, when I I started writing the book, I realized that there are many countries and many governments in the region, in the wider region, in the developing world, which face very similar problems. And uh, currently, myself and my team, we advise many governments in the region, in Africa, in uh, in uh, Central Asia, in Eastern Europe, in post-Soviet Union. And when we uh, when we talk with these governments, we realize that there are many similarities between uh, the current situation of these countries and and Georgian situation in 2004, 2005, 2006. And we realize that in most of the cases, it would have been a very big benefit for these countries to have um, documented reforms of Georgia, as well as uh, some new ideas, innovative ideas about reforms agenda for these governments. And that was actually main idea why I decided to write a book. Uh, it described Georgian reforms, but at the same time, it has some suggestions and some innovative approaches about government reforms in developing countries. Thank you. Um, I guess my second question is, it seems like your book tries to uh, address certain problems with challenges with countries in development, how much should they reform, and how much energy and effort they should invest in that. Um, I would like to know what are the economic or political principles that are underpinned in your book, because I think it was in one disc- uh, one of the descriptions where it said that some of the economic principles have not withstood the test of time. So I want to see whether there is reference to literature that many of people oriented towards economics can base on, or whether it is more of a problem-driven, iterated action. It's more of a problem-driven, iterated action. Uh, what we saw in the recent years in Georgia that there were very practical problems of the country that need to be dis- resolved. Applying theoretical knowledge and different theories 
may have worked, but our approach was different. Our approach was trial and error. Let's try that. Let's try to find the right formula to solve this problem. If it doesn't work, and in many cases it didn't work, if it doesn't work, let's improve it with the second stage, with the second stage reforms. So, for example, the biggest problem was fighting corruption. And with that, there were very practical problems. State uh, employees, public service, service employees, were underpaid, significantly underpaid. And we're actually given incentive, not only incentive, maybe even moral high ground to take bribes because they were so much underpaid. That was one problem. Second was that rules were so complicated and complex, especially with many double interpretations for uh, that to be a very good basis of corruption. And third part was that the rules, rules didn't apply to some parts of society. So, actually, if you look at many, many developing countries, you have very similar problems. So how, did we, how did we solve that problem in Georgia? We solved it by, one, increase the salaries of public service employees, decrease the number of the employees, but increasing the salaries, creating meritocracy approach, the better you work, the higher you earn uh, approach, plus we create actually open open government. But what I mean by open government, it didn't matter from which political party or from which mentality you were coming from, we, we were ready to accept anybody who wanted to do something for, for, the, for the country. So meritocracy was very important part of the, of the reform. Second part was simplification. Simplification of the rules, of all the rules. Uh, tax code, rules, regulations, which, uh, which uh, govern licensing and permits and things like that, uh, construction, so on and so on. All of these rules were super complicated. And by simplification of the rules, taking out of double interpretations was important part of our, our reform. And third part was enforceability, enforcing everything, all the rules to everybody. So maybe some literature says how to fight corruption, it says exactly these three steps. But uh, this was something that, in the end, in practice, we actually undertaken in, in, in case of Georgia. And it's like right now, me us looking back, that we, we can actually summarize it like that. But back then, when we were doing these reforms, we just went step by step with reform by reform, first improve, increasing salaries. How do we increase salaries? OK, we need to find money from somewhere. Let's decrease the number of employees, because it was, it was overblown, the number of employees. It's better to have high quality. Let's give them. We couldn't in, increase the salaries to everyone, so let's give the bonuses to the best performers. Then let's get rid of double interpretations. Let's go through all the old regulations and take out all the uh, complicated parts, which right now for Georgia totally doesn't matter. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't make sense to have these kind of complicated rules and regulations. So back then in 2004, 5, 6, it was a matter of us doing trial and error approach, matter of us literally kind of practicing practical economics in that particular moment, solving those particular problems. Right now, what I did, what I try to do with this book is kind of create a framework of what it can be seen from now when looking backwards, of what exactly has been achieved and how. Maybe 
uh, this is an attempt for, for me to document these reforms, but at the same time to, to show to other governments that this kind of transformation can happen, and can happen in a very short period of time, and can be successful. One um, thing that comes to mind when you speak about um, reforms, and I was very fascinated by when you spoke about before 2004 and Georgia being a country much in literal and figurative darkness because of power outages to being a net exporter of electricity. But there's a part of me that wonders, at what point does all, do all these approaches um, stop being um, relevant? If a country has developed to a certain point, do you see this sort of problem-driven, iterated action being continuously applicable? And please speak to uh, why you think or why you do not. That's a good question, and I'm not sure that we have an answer to that question. Uh, we saw that these approaches worked very well in developing countries. Once the country is developed, for example, taking any Western European country, I am sure that very sim some, simil some parts of this experience can be still be useful, but not all of it, definitely not all of it. Uh, because even in developed world, there are, let's put it this way, the problems are very similar in developed uh, in developing countries. It's, it's like in developing, it's just much deeper the problem, but understanding is similar. The problem is unemployment. The problem is low growth. The problem is debt overhang, and and so on and so on. So these problems are developed and developing countries are very very similar. It's that in developing countries, they need to catch up to developed world much faster. So their slow growth is much worse than for the developed world. But it's still slow growth. And both of these worlds need to see higher growth, need to see lower unemployment, need to see higher, crea higher creation of jobs, and so on and so on. And these reforms, which I have described in Georgia, is exactly about that. It's exactly about how you create environment where private sector creates jobs, how you create environment which brings higher growth, uh, how you create environment which brings higher foreign direct investment, or which brings higher activity of small and medium-sized enterprises. Everything that I just named is applicable for developing countries as well as for developed, but it's at a, at a different degree. Mm -hmm. So even though, answering your question, even though uh, this can be extremely beneficial for developing countries. I'm not sure what part of that exactly would be beneficial for developed ones. And at what stage government should change this philosophy from practical economics of kind of more of a different approach. But uh, I'm sure that the parts of the uh, experience that we had in Georgia can be very well applicable to developed world as well. For me personally, I believe it would be the theme of um, continuous reform yep. being uh, um, uh, a feature of every government and should be a feature of every government um, developing or un um, developed. Um, let, me, let me continue with that idea. You're absolutely right because we actually saw in Georgia. We saw in Georgia the moments where we stopped the reforming, slowing down of development of that particular sector. Uh, so reform is not one-off 
uh, action. Definitely not. And those governments actually fail who think that reform is one of action, who think that, okay, we have reformed this sector, like education or healthcare or something like that, leave, let's leave that alone and let's do something else. No. And that's the, that's the biggest mistake. And this is the mistake we actually saw in Georgia, growth slowing down or development slowing down the moment reform's pace was slowing down. So, yes, uh, I have to agree with you that Georgian case, as well as many other countries' experiences, show us that uh, uh, reforms is, is, is a not one-off, but it's a developing idea, which needs to be accelerated even with the time. Um, thank you. And um, coming to my last question, I would want to know what um, audience are you targeting with this book? Are you targeting um, the aspiring leaders of tomorrow or someone who is um, interested and has a certain level of civic consciousness and wants to be involved in public affairs? Please explain. First, when I started writing the book, I actually was thinking that audience should be government officials and bureaucrats uh, because that was the past four years that's been my job advising government officials and and the state uh, civil servants but then I realized that uh, this book can be actually uh, not for government service uh, service leaders only but it can be for everybody and actually I spe especially used very simple language with the very simple explanations in order for this book to be understandable and acceptable to much wider society. And uh, I believe that the book is for almost everyone who is interested in how government works, in how public sector operates, in how decisions are made, in how your government can be better. Uh, in, to answer these questions, actually, I think uh, this book can, has uh, answers of these questions. And uh, it could be, I think it can be interesting not only for public sector leaders, not only for government officials, but for almost everyone who has some interest in public sector. Thank you very much, Mr. Nikau Galari. And it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Um, to our listeners, um, I would highly recommend that they take a chance to look at this book from the many. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go over many um, examples of the reforms that Gilari um, very briefly mentioned, but they are quite astounding and thought-provoking. So thank you very much. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to learn more about CID and our events, please visit cid.harvard.edu.